Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller talking sports with you for the next couple of hours. Appreciate you spending some of that uh, time with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. At the bottom of the hour, we will talk with uh, Cody Goodwin from the Des Moines Register. High school football is, well, it's less than 48 hours away. Is that right? No, it's a little more than 48 hours away. Friday night, anyways. Uh, And we will take a preview of uh, some of the local teams uh, with Trent, (laughs) who will be very uh, instrumental in uh, in, uh, covering high school football, as he always is. Uh, So Cody Goodwin, Trent, and I will talk high school football for the first little while who's got a chance to make it to the dome dot 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 who's going to be better uh, some of the uh, guy, uh, players to watch um, coming up at 10.30 at 10.50 uh, Mitch Holtus will join us kind of heavy hearts in Chiefs Kingdom today with the passing of uh, Hall of Famer Len Dawson who uh, pa- passed away I guess overnight uh, but he was in hospice uh, it was um, looked at a long life um, Unbelievably popular in the Kansas City area. Did you see, by the way, good morning, as always. Yes, hello. Did you see Blair Kirkhoff's tweet? I guess one of the uh, the reporters at the uh, Kansas City Star talked to kind of the other three on the Kansas City Mount Rushmore of sports. Mm -mm. So about Len Dawson and his spot. Obviously, Dawson's got one of those spots, right? The other three... Patrick Mahomes already, and it's fair. Yeah. Um, He's got a Super Bowl. He does. Tom Watson and George Brett. I mean, I don't think they missed anybody. No. But they um, talked to him. This is about probably a week ago. Just, you know, some of their memories about Len Dawson. Really good read if you're if you're a fan uh, of Kansas City sports and any of those people. Uh, Len Dawson passed away. So it's a heavy hearts in, in uh, Chiefs' kingdom, but Mitch Holtis will be here uh, coming up at 10.50. More NFL talk at 11.05 with Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. Look forward to uh, our conversation with Vinny. Going to do a little on fantasy football as well, as Vinny is very active in that over uh, at the Sporting News. Um, if you have a question, because I don't play. Do you play? Yeah. Uh, how many leagues are you in this year? Four. So that seems like it's down from some years. Well, I think I got as high as six or seven at one point. That was too much. Right. It was rooting for a guy, Confusing. but you're not rooting. You know, yeah, yeah, it's too much. Three, four, that's that's about the sweet spot for it. I've been playing since 1989. Have you really? That was my first year. Fourth grade. Mm-hmm. That was well before really sports betting was a thing, oh, yeah. right? That was what we did. I, I had to dabble some way, sure. right? I already had the itch and, and then fantasy scratched it. That that was the way to do it for a long time and it's still a big deal. Fantasy uh-huh. people, you know, just talking to people in general and getting ready for their draft. But so many people I talk to, yeah, I haven't looked at anything yet. I think it's anymore because it's so easy just to hop on. You do it on your computer. Mm-hmm. They got all the stats there, mm-hmm. they got all the information, they have average draft order. Makes it a little bit easier where you don't have to maybe do the same research that you and did in the past. And we're three weeks away, right? I yeah. Mean, it's not like they're um, scrambling. Do you remember there was a time, and I'm guessing that this isn't the case anymore, 
that you would reserve a spot at a sports bar to do your draft. Oh, yeah. And you couldn't get them some night. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have to go to someplace, you know, your second choice or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, we'll talk to Vinny Iyer, and then David Kaplan will join us coming up here uh, at uh, 1130 in his normal spot, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Cappy, look forward to speaking with him on a couple of issues. By the way, uh, did you watch any of the Cubs-Cardinals last night? A uh, little bit. I watched more of the afternoon game yesterday. Gotcha. So Pat Foley, the... Blackhawks retired announcer. Mm-hmm. He did radio, and then Shambi went over and did radio, and he came in and did TV. Oh, nice. Really good. Yeah. He's really good. Uh, I enjoyed the, the game. Stunk. Baseball last night wasn't really good. No, the Twins at least hung around a little bit so against I, the I'm, Astros. I'm glad they did. Um, and, and this is where I guess I, sh- I want to start with you before we move to a couple of different areas. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily hard knocks, but certainly real sports. As, yeah. as I think, well, I don't. Maybe I. Maybe I'm all wet. I think Kevin Warren. Look, if um, if the billion dollar contract didn't get you to come around on his side, maybe you never will. Mm-hmm. But I thought he came across really well last night. We'll get into that in a, in a second. So help me out on this. Rocco Baldali gets um, he got tossed mm-hmm. in the game because he argued mound visits, and the reason that he did, Trent, I I think that there's got to be I if uh, there you, you have to. Yeah, the rules there in black and white, but don't you have to use some common sense at some point? So this is what happened. It's the middle of the game, and Jose Altuve, uh, Aaron Sanchez throws him a pitch, and it maybe brushed no, it brushed his uniform. It grazed right? him. Because his pants are a little bit baggy. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it even touched his skin, right. any part of his leg. It might have nicked him. Maybe. Yes. At worst, but more so it was the... Baggy pants that took the brunt of Aaron Sanchez. So Altuve's walking down to first base, and he's going to say his piece, right? Now, I don't know if there's a history between the two of them, so maybe I should tap the brakes there. I'm not sure. Could be. But, I mean, how many times is he going to have faced him in his career? So maybe, maybe there was a history there. But regardless of that, the bench is clear. Bench is clear. Mm-hmm. Here comes Rocco Baldali. Baldali. Why can't I say Baldelli? Baldelli. The Twins manager to play Peacemaker. Yep. All right. Knock it off. Right. Let's get back to the dugout. Let's go. Dusty Baker's out there getting Mm -hmm. his guys back. Baldelli's out there getting his guys back. Mm -hmm. He says something to his pitcher. Don't know what it was. Don't think he's giving advice. Hey, I need you to throw. Watch this guy. He's he's sitting dead red or he's really good on the break. I don't think that had anything to do with that. I think stay in the game. Yep. Keep your head in the game. Don't let this affect you. So he goes back in the dugout. Pitching coach comes out because there was uh, something happened that uh, that Sanchez was starting to be Sanchez. Yeah, I I think Bregman got to hit the score to run. Right, and I was like, all right, here it comes. Settle down. Here comes Aaron Sanchez. So they charged Baldelli with a mound visit for being the peacemaker, mm-hmm. and then when he came and when the pitching coach came out, that's his second mound visit of the inning. That predicates it's a pitching change. Has you to. have to mm-hmm. change pitchers if you make two visits, but Trent. Doesn't common sense have to prevail? You would hope so. And it didn't. It did not, once again. And Baldelli, I think, was absolutely right. Mm -hmm. He snapped. Well, and the other part of it is, and I never saw this last night. I don't know if it came out since then, but at least the television views that you had. When he came out there, the letter of the law is he has to actually be on the mound for it to count as a mound visit. I didn't see him. I didn't either. And I, I saw, saw him talking to Sanchez. I saw a lot of people on Twins Twitter saying the exact same thing, yep. that he never actually went to the mound. Therefore, 
it cannot be a mound visit. Right. Because of the if you're playing letter of the law, uh-huh. then the umpire screwed this up. They did. And I'm sure that's probably because Rocco, he is very much by the book. I mean, mm-hmm. that's he is a by the book kind of guy. There's not a whole lot of gray area with him. And because of that, I'm gonna anticipate that's why he lost his crap, right? Well, because, I think it because I never went to the mound. Precisely. Did it did it affect the outcome of the game? Probably no, not. No. Uh, it didn't. I mean, the pitcher that they brought in got out of the inning. Uh, but it just was weird. It's just one of those instances that you're watching a ball game, and I mean, you see, if, if you watch enough baseball, you're going to see something you've never seen before, right? And this was one of those times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought uh, common sense should have prevailed. So let's get to Kevin Warren, who was on Real Sports last night. Mm-hmm. And if you if you recorded it or if you can find another viewing of it, uh, he's the very first guest. Um, I thought he came across exceptionally well. I yeah. really did. Brian Gumble uh, and him. Um, Look, 71 days into his tenure, into a when he was not put in a spot, he applied for the job and he got it. He knew what he was getting into. But the shoes that he was asked to fill, pretty big? No doubt. Right? The most powerful guy in college athletics he the last was. quarter century? Jim Delaney. Mm-hmm. Jim Delaney. Called a lot of shots, changed a lot of things in college athletics. You can argue for right or for wrong. But that's what he was. He was a mover and a shaker. And Kevin Warren gets his gig. And 71 days, COVID hits. And we don't have to revisit the way it was handled. Like Kevin Warren's not making these calls on his own. Mm-hmm. These are presidents of universities that are getting in his ear. They're paying a salary. Um, they're the ones that are kind of calling the shots. But he took the arrows. He took the arrows. And I think if you watched last night how he pulled off the television contract, uh, the fact that he came right out and said that, you know they're not done. College mm-hmm. athletics is still changing. Trent, if um, if he didn't change your mind last night after you watched it, you just hate Kevin Warren. That's it. Yeah, there's no coming back. There's after, not. You, you hate the guy after 2020 and COVID. Uh-huh. There's nothing that will change your right. opinion. But but if the bottom line, you we got football. We got Big Ten football. Mm-hmm. Now it took a while. It took it's a while. <laughs> Look for a while like we wouldn't. But you know what? At the end of the day, we got it. Sir Yacht was right. Sir Yacht was right. Your voice isn't right. What's going on? I don't know. I got a sore throat today. You've got a high school football game on Friday. I know. I need to get this thing right. Do you have your destination yet, by the way? I believe going out to Waukee. That's the plan. Ankeny at Waukee will be Jags. No. Hawks. Hawks. Okay. Going to see J.J. Cole. That's a good plan. And Jamison Patton. That's a good plan. And that crew in week number one. So uh, that's on the docket right now. It's always some shifting plans, but yeah, that is... As we sit here on Wednesday morning, what we're planning on. Yeah, you'd think you might want to get that locked well, in. But I mean, I, what do you, I know? There's right? a few things going on, yes. Moving yeah. parts? Moving parts, yes. Speaking of moving parts, there's a lot of moving parts. Yes, <laughs> in, a lot, in, in a lot of, um, I heard Ross Peterson's announcement last night. Yes. You know, Ross has spent more time in Canada than I have. <laughs> You're Canadian. I know. It. He's been up there twice in the last, what was he there? It was a month between visits? Yeah, not too bad, huh? He'll, he'll come back. He'll be speaking the language for crying out loud. Would you ever want to do one of those trips? Are you kidding? Please ask me. Really? Oh, my God. I'm so jealous. Trent, this is the best time of the year to be Canadian. Uh-huh. It's not even close. The August time uh, period? Well, just June through, I mean, even middle of May till the end of September. It's beautiful. I told you this before. My my summers was a Mountain Dew commercial. Rope swing, <laughs> Clear Lake, fishing, boat, water ski. It was it was honestly it was unreal. But then you got to spend the winter. Mm. 
which absolutely blows. <laughs> right. So, yes, you know, I, I thought many times of getting a little side gig going mm-hmm. that I would put together, and not Ken Miller Outfitters, which is what they, <laughs> I never understood that word, but, you know, uh, organized trips up there to, and I would take them where I hunted geese yeah. or fished for walleye or whatever. Um, I'm envious as hell. So you're saying we need to put a little bug well, in the I'm ear of balance? I'm just saying that the salespeople have a Canadian on the staff for crying out loud. It's a pretty easy connection, You right? would think, but you know what? You know, let's give Ross three of them. You like Am I to, jealous? Does you like to drink a little bit. I mean, people want to go on that trip and have a couple of beers. You're not right. going to say no. <laughs> Precisely. Yes, to answer your question, I would love to. It's beautiful this time of year. Now, you wouldn't sneak off into your tent at like 8 o'clock, though, right? Well, the sun's out till ten. Oh, okay. I mean, you can you can fish in June before the days start to dwindle a little bit. Mm-hmm. You're still in the water at ten thirty at night. Really? And then the sun's back up at four thirty in the morning. Would I enjoy it? I'm not a fisherman. Oh, yes, you would. I'll bait your hook. I'll put the worm on your hook. <laughs> well, I could put a worm on there. Okay. I could do that. Would you, you enjoy You it? might need to get the fish off for me, <laughs> yeah. especially if it's like a catfish. I got stung too many times oh, by stupid no. catfish. We used to fly in fish. So the races would end at, uh, say, 6 o'clock on a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. We'd get in the car, drive two hours, and just to get the, the plane, the pontoon plane, we'd load up our gear. There was a weight limit, and you're only supposed to take so many beers, but, you know, we never did. Uh-huh. And the, they would drop us off Sunday night and pick us up Wednesday morning. There's no cell phones. Mm-hmm. Um, so if something happened, we'll see you Wednesday. <laughs> you know, It's not like we're flying over and you can wave to come back. So we would fly and fish and set up a tent and, you know, um, shore lunch, drink beer. Uh, oh, my God. I'm not hmm. sure I could do that now at 63 years old. I'd probably want a place to hang, or to lay my head, you know, on a mattress. But there's so many camps. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's so much fun. So much fun. I'm envious of Ross Peterson. Someday. Someday. Uh, happy for Ross that uh, he's got things sorted out in his life. Folks, he's not leaving KXNO. Yeah. I don't know how many times he could say that more clearly yesterday. And I come home and I say, oh, Ross Peterson, he's done. He's KXNO. gone. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, they got rid of Ross. It's, uh, it's not wasn't his choice. He's out. No, he's not. <laughs> so Ross he... gets back on Thursday. He'll be on the radio on Thursday and Friday. And then, well, we're off on Monday. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, dot, dot, dot. Anyways. Good for Ross Peterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of the baseball. That's Kevin Warren. I, I encourage you to watch it. How about the Kevin Warren when uh, Gumble and in all, it, it was the perfect Bryant Gumble fashion when he asked about his dad. Oh, and Kevin Warren, uh-huh. Jesus! What would your dad think of this? Yeah, I mean, obviously um, that got a little misty. Yeah, it did. It did. And, and the old man had a. I mean, he was very influential as well. He was a pioneer in his own right. So. Um, yeah, it, it was. It's a great piece. It really and truly is. Watch it. I know you have it recorded, mm-hmm. and you know just the uh, the crap that he took for the shutdown, but the what he has done, and they are not finished. Notre Dame, maybe Oregon, Washington, Stanford. You know what? You give we give Sir Yacht credit. You know that MHVER three guy that a month ago said they want Cal and Stanford. Mm-hmm. I think they do. Cal. It doesn't make sense to me either. I don't get it. It's market it's share. It's UCLA is it's, what it is. Well, and the academia world, that's what they want. Mm-hmm. That's what the school presidents want. That's what people that are in charge of. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what they're looking for ultimately, right? Right. All right, you've done all your athletic stuff all yeah. well and good. And the San Francisco market, which mm-hmm. I get to get with both of them. So Cal, yeah. Stanford, mm-hmm. Washington, and, and Notre Dame? Well, Notre Dame, Trent... 
they think that they're going to be because they keep all their bull money. Mm-hmm. They don't share their bull. Deal. Sure. So whatever that is, they think that they can get somewhere between sixty. I read it over the weekend, sixty and seventy million, mm-hmm. which isn't going to be on the Big Ten level. But from what I hear, I don't know if this is a fact. I didn't grow up here. That the if per capita. Notre Dame alum have more money than anybody else. Now, I don't know if that's true than any other alumni base. They like to tell you that, even if it isn't I would true. have to think Stanford's people are doing pretty well. Right, exactly. Um, but Notre Dame is certainly in the conversation. Mm-hmm. They think they will make it up in donations. You know, if you guys really want your university to stay independent, which is what it was when all your life, and including when you went to school here and post-graduation, write us a check. And they think that they can stay par with uh, with the Big Ten, and they don't think that it'll hurt their footing as far as entrance into the college football playoff because it's going to expand. And that's ultimately what it is. Mm-hmm. Have you continued to read more and more the 12-team model? It's not dead. But maybe we're trending more likely it's going to be 16. I've heard both. Yeah. I, I mean, if you would have asked me this question a month ago, I would have told you I think it's going to be 12. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's more of those 16, though, that continues to be out there. You see it both on the national scale mm-hmm. and people that at least would have some inkling of an idea. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense, right? Because, you know, at the minimum, those first-round games, more than likely the quarterfinal games are going to be played on campus. Isn't that, that going to be great? Alabama and the old structure of a 12-team, they would never host a game. You think they're ultimately going to be happy with that because they'll always be a top-four yeah. seed and never have a chance to actually host? Mm-hmm. You want to host one of those Sure teams. you do. Yep. Maybe you do. it's you just have two buys. Like the NFL structure, mm-hmm. where they're just a buy for... Top seed only. Top seed only. Uh-huh. And if you put it that way and make it a 14-team structure, you do have to be a conference champion, though, to be able to get a buy. I think so. That'd be fair, I mean, right? Absolutely. And it would be the SEC champion uh-huh. and somebody else every uh-huh. single year, but maybe that's a fair way to do it. Because I think we're going to be down to... And it also puts some importance on those conference championship games. Mm-hmm. Because in a 16-team structure, yeah, you're playing for seeding, but both teams are in. Alabama plays Georgia. They're both going to be in. Of course, yeah. It's, you They're both you're not this year. That. Right. <laughs> Even in Ohio State, Wisconsin, a lot of years. Yeah. Both teams are probably going to be uh-huh. in. Uh-huh. But if you say, hey, Ohio State, you win this game, you get a first-round bye. Right. Alabama, you win this, you get a first-round bye. Mm-hmm. I think it adds a little bit more mm-hmm. intrigue also to Conference Championship Saturday. Oh, my gosh. Has now, there any, did they any? blow away Conference Championship Saturday? That's a moneymaker. I, I don't think so. In fact, I think it's going to be expanded. I've told you before, I, I think you're going to be looking at, as these conferences get bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. there's going to be a semifinal, then a championship. I think that's Uh-oh. going to be the end game of all of this. Yeah, It's going to be two weekends mm-hmm. that you have football playing for maybe that number one seed. Hmm. It's It's massive. There's just so much money going on. And Kevin Warren, I thought he came across uh, exceptionally well. If you get an opportunity to watch it, you should. All right, we're going to talk some high school football here today. We we hope to do something tomorrow uh, at 10.15. Um, we, we hope there's... <laughs> Trying to be Ross Peters and be very vague. We'll tune in tomorrow. Uh, but we're going to talk high school football today uh, at 1030. Uh, and then we'll get to uh, to Mitch Holtis on Len Dawson. When I think about Len Dawson, it, it kind of, to me, like I, I don't remember much of his career. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. Um, I wouldn't do that. Um, I just don't remember Len. He, he, there was Bart Starr <laughs> and there was Len Dawson. Is okay. that fair? I mean, it was a, this is ten years before you're born, right? Well, minimum. But when I'm when I'm you know reading the paper and I'm a, I'm a young kid too, 
uh, and I go back, the, the Packers of the early 60s dominating the NFC, mm-hmm. and this fledgling league, the AFC, was it was a, a Joe Willie Namath in 69, but it was the Chiefs and Len Dawson. And the, the two quarterbacks, now maybe this isn't fair to Namath, but it was Bart Starr, unequivocally, mm-hmm. the a, NFC guy, AFC guy, Dawson, and and Joe Namath. Um, but for for Len Dawson to you know have the post career that he did in Kansas City, I mean, what a, what an icon over there. There's a lot of people that really this affected them today with his passing. Even though this isn't a surprise, he lived a long life. Um, it, just the finality of it all, right? Johnny Unitas, good one. Yeah, good one. Throw him Absolutely. in there. Good one for sure. And Otto Graham, he was yep, before, good one for sure. He was Johnny before Unitas that era, sure. though. Yeah, yeah, he was. Because Otto Graham, my grandpa was uh-huh. a Browns fan. He always talked about Otto Graham. I remember you that. You and Rob Luther. Rob Luther just texted me. He just said, Johnny Unites at the same time. You're right. <laughs> Those high top shoes. Oh, yes. You're right? The high top shoes. George Blanda? I guess. A little bit before. I guess. He was kind of coming towards the end, I'm sure, when you were. Yeah, see, I, we didn't get NFL football. Yeah. Uh, we got the Rose Bowl. That's about <laughs> that it. That was it. That was it. Um, but yeah, for sure, Johnny Unitas. For sure, Johnny Unitas. Um, Sonny Jurgensen with the with Washington, I guess. But Len Dawson, to me, the most one of the most famous sports pictures, a, a picture you will never see again on on his bench. Or no, at, at his stool was it was it a stool in the locker room? Oh, right? it was the stool, stool in the locker room, mm-hmm. halftime, having a dart. Yep, and sitting between his legs, a bottle of Fresca. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just need a soda and a yeah, cigarette. Yeah, fresca and a smoke, and he's good to go out for the second half. Oh, those days, huh? <laughs> right. What a uh, different world. Indeed it is. All right, let's get Mark in here, then we'll take a time out. We'll come back, Cody Goodwin. Uh, I'm going to do a lot of listening to you two talk about uh, high school football and uh, some of the powers, some of the teams that uh, may sneak up, some of the players to watch, etc. cetera. Uh, Mark joins the program. Mark, welcome to Miller & Condon. Mark, how are you? Hey, good. How about you guys? Doing fine. What's on your mind? Um, well, two things. First, uh, I grew up a Baltimore Colts fan, so I absolutely love Johnny United. Absolutely. Yep. I'm, I'm old enough to remember. Um, and uh, I was lucky enough to go to Canada first part of June this year yep. up to Lac, up to Lac Sewell. It oh, my. Incredible. Yep. How many did you Just catch? Things. Oh, I can't count them. You can't. Um, it's true. They have that, they have that uh, slot between 18 and 21 or 22. No, I'm trying to remember. I'll bet I threw back at least 60, maybe, in four days of fishing. It's unbelievable. Uh, oh, it's yeah, you get a trip going, uh, I'll go. I in. Uh, you know what? I think uh, we should. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd be there tomorrow if my wife would let me go again. <laughs> did you drive or did you fly? Did you fly into a city? We, and... we, we drove all the way up uh, past your falls. Yep. I, have, uh, it's, I, I flew in... Uh, to a lake way back in the uh, late seventies, oh, wow. uh, and um, and it was wonderful then. Uh, wow. But yeah, the last few times I've been up there, we've stayed at a, at, uh, a campsite, cabins, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, nobody's been there for a couple of years. So that's a good point. That that's a good I mean, point. It was it was just incredible. Anybody that's going up, um, they are in for a great time. And you're right. The, the sun doesn't set. It comes up early. Yep. It's yeah. Uh, we had perfect weather, um, 
But again, uh, you get something going, I'll be on the phone to you. All right, Mark. Uh, I'll, I'll put you down for one. Thank you, Mark. Good to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be you and I uh, in the boat. I get to drive. I get to drive. You, well, you, you can sit at the front anyways. Uh, all right. Um, Cody Goodwin coming up. is uh, That was fun. I, I want to do it. I really and truly want to do Ross been there twice in, in a month. So my dad passed in, what, 14? I was there for that. And then I went and visited my mom in 16. Yeah, it's probably due for, due for another trip. Anyways, maybe Mark and I and a couple others will make our way at some point next summer. Uh, Troy wants to chime in. Troy, real quick, and then we got to get to a break. Troy, ha- happy to hear from me. What's on your mind? Very sorry to hear the news for that show they had on HBO. Um, absolute professionals, both he and Bonacani. Um Oh, and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I forgot about that. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, the way... Yeah, Joe. De- unfortunately, the passing of Joe Delaney, they relayed that news to us. And then, of course, Nick Bonacani was pure class all the mm-hmm. way through, as, as well as Len Dawson. Yeah, indeed. I'm, I'm glad you refreshed my memory on that, Troy. Good to hear from you. Have a good day. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Bye. All right, so we'll take a time out. We'll come back. High school football conversation is coming up next. Uh, Mitch Holtis, um, Chiefs Kingdom, kind of in mourning here today. We'll do that with Mitch. Uh, and then in the 11 o'clock hour, more conversation on the NFL with Vinny Iyer. We'll do a little fantasy conversation there. I believe, you know what, let me read this. I think Tyler Allen sent me a text. Mm-hmm. Tyler Allen, our fantasy guy. Um Kexano Fantasy Camp Twitter. If you are interested in fantasy sports, I think the show is back, right? Yes, I yes. believe it is. So the Twitter account is at KXNO Fantasy Camp. That's Tyler Allen and a couple of the other uh, young guns here in the building. Um, they do their show on Tuesday night. It was Tuesday night last year, but you can find out more information at their website at KXNO Fantasy Camp at KXNO Fantasy Camp. Uh, if you're in- another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Interested in fantasy sports, that show will be making its return here, I'm assuming, uh, real quick. Miller and Condon will be back with Cody Goodwin. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent and I take you up until noon. Still to come this hour, Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He joins us at 10.50. Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News at 11.05. And then David Kaplan in his normal spot at 11.30, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Uh, sponsors our weekly conversations with Cap. Here's Cody Goodwin, Iowa High School Football. Now, last week there was a week zero. There was a couple of schools there that was, played. Yep. Nothing on the local front. I thought the Polar Bears played somebody. Oh, did they? Oh, Now that you say that, you're right. Yeah, they did. The, uh, Dallas and Grimes? I'm not sure. Seems right. I saw North played somebody. But mm-hmm. anyways, we know everybody will be playing this weekend. Cody Goodwin will be out there covering it. Trent will be calling games, and Cody is with us. Cody, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you guys doing? Doing well. It's football season. That puts a spring in our step. 
Absolutely, yeah. And just uh, just to clarify, Des Moines North did play a Week Zero game. Um, they did play Dallas Center Grimes, and I believe the Mustangs came away with a pretty decisive yeah. 41-0 win. Um, so hot start there for uh, for DCG there, one of the four A teams that I think we're going to be keeping an eye on this season. I agree with you. Any um, um, any background on that? Why they did play uh, in Week Zero? How did that, how does how do those games come about? It's just kind of, you know, some teams, I, I think there's a lot more, uh, um, you see it a lot more in like the smaller classes, like class A, eight player, uh, mm-hmm. but it's just, you know, it gives the teams an opportunity to start practicing a week early because the Iowa High School Athletic Association has a rule where you got to practice for at least two weeks before you play. Um, you know, some teams get their schedules and they want to maybe try and schedule another one as as sort of a, um, you know, like a safety net game, um, you know, just on the off chance that maybe some others get uh, canceled. You know, like I know Easton Valley, way out in Easter, Eastern Iowa, um, you know, struggling putting together a schedule because a couple of the teams that they already had on their schedule have uh, had to uh, drop off of the varsity level because of participation numbers and other factors going in. So some teams like to schedule, you know, a, a week zero scrimmage, and sometimes they'll schedule a full-fledged game that um, – you know, that just just on the off chance that maybe something with their regular schedule um, goes awry. So there, there's a number of different reasons for it. Well, we get ready for week one coming up on Friday night, though. There will be some games on Thursday. Of course, we're ready for Friday. And I know you're going to be out at Valley High School, Valley Stadium, as Dowling Catholic will welcome in Southeast Spoke, two teams that have championship mm. aspirations. Before we get into the game and what you anticipate we're going to see, let's start with the quarterback for the Maroons, Jackson Smolik, a young man that started as a sophomore, has dealt with some injuries, and a whirlwind summer that he had, going from a couple of FCS offers, Indiana State, UNI, all of a sudden Tulane gets involved, gets that invite to the Lead 11 camp, and he walks away with Virginia Tech, Penn State, and others that offer, and now he's going to be a Nittany Lion. What, what a crazy, crazy summer for Jackson Smolik. Yeah, kind of. I think the Athletic labeled him kind of the the recruiting Cinderella story of the summer. Um, really, and, and really, I think yeah, I think I think more than anything, just you know, based on our perspective, like this is a kid we've seen play for a few years. You know, we got to see him uh, ball out at the Uni Dome when he was just a sophomore. Uh, you mentioned that he was dealing with injuries. He, he came back and tried to lead Dowling back to the Uni Dome last season, but they ran into Southeast Polk and that monster program last year. Um, you know, this is a kid that's been pretty good, man. He's been pretty talented. He, um, maybe not super mobile, probably more of a pro style type quarterback, but you know, he, he can, he can, he can, you know, run and, and pick up a few yards if, if he needs to, if the situation calls for it. I think more than anything, he was just able to get in front of more eyes and more evaluators and, and they were able to kind of see a lot of the things that we've seen the last few years. He's a strong arm. Um, he's again, not super mobile, but he's a little agile. He can move around in the pocket and make things happen and extend plays. And, um, you know, a lot of traits that he possesses translate very well to the college game. So, um, you know, by sheer luck, he gets an invite to the elite 11, um, you know, quarterback camp, one of the most prestigious quarterback evaluation programs in the country and, um, has a fantastic showing, right? I mean, he does really well and that kind of opens up a lot of uh, talent evaluators eyes and, um, you know, next thing you know, it, the, the question then becomes, you know, can Tulane hold on to him or is he going to, you know, perhaps go somewhere else? And ultimately, Penn State won the prize. So, um, you know, kind of a little bit of a whirlwind, I think, is the, probably the good way to describe it. But, you know, this kid's good. We, we've known this for a few years now, and it, it's really cool to kind of see him get rewarded in that way. How tall is he, Trent? Or six two. But All right. He's listed as six two, right? And I, he's probably more six one. 
maybe six. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's not a uh, big guy by any yeah, means. But... Yeah, every, every bit of 6'2". Um, I think he's listed weight at 200. That might mm-hmm. be a little generous. But at the same time, I haven't seen him in a few months. Right. So, um, you know, I'll yeah. get a good look at him on Friday. Maybe he has filled up to 200 pounds, mm-hmm. in which case, um, you know, if you're a Penn State coach, you got to like that, that he's putting on a little bit of weight and, um, you know, getting ready to handle the – um, you know, Big Ten, Big Ten football is not for the faint of heart, right? So <laughs> he's going to, you know, put on a little bit of weight and get ready to go. Indeed. So, what kind of uh, what kind of team will Gary Swenson have at Valley, Cody? Um, a really intriguing one because I think there's a lot of unknowns, right? I think you know they got a few players. Um, Aiden Price is kind of a do everything offensive weapon for them, uh, most notably at receiver. But you know, that's a guy that you know you get you get him the ball, you get him in space, and you kind of watch him go. Um, you know, they have a really intriguing tight end prospect in Bryce Anderson, who, um, you know, I think is going to take on that Eli Raridan role. Um, but they lost a lot of star talent from last year. You know, they, I don't know that they um, have a well-known commodity at quarterback coming in. Um, there's a little bit of experience there on the offensive line. They do have some playmakers back on defense, and I think that's maybe where they're going to lean on it to, to maybe start the season just with a few players with experience coming back. Um but, yeah, it's, I think it's going to be really interesting to kind of see, you know, I, Valley's always going to be good, right? They're always really good. But, you know, there's just going to be a lot of new names and new faces that we're going to have to keep an eye on this season. And, and we'll know a lot more week one. The defending champion, Southeast Polk, the new quarterback, Jackson Daly. He's down at Arkansas State now. Running back, Abu Sama comes back after a great junior season for him. But, of course, Xavier Wampa departs. And you got a pretty good offensive line, starting with Caden Proctor over there. <laughs> what do you think of the defending champion Rams? Um, I like what they what they've got going on. Um, you know, a, a couple more questions that I kind of want to see. You know, who who steps in now that Jackson Daly is gone? Clearly, I think they're gonna you know they're gonna have a strong run game with Caden Proctor anchoring the line and Abu Sama, who's you know not just a fantastic running back, but you know arguably one of the best athletes I think in, in Iowa high school sports. He was um, you know tremendous when it came to track and field, and you know obviously he's going to go to college to play football, but. Um, you know, it's a, they lost a lot of, you know, high-level star talent, right? You mentioned uh, Xavier Wonkba, um, Andrew Reed, who was their leading tackler in the middle of the defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they do have some nice pieces coming back, like, you know, Proctor, like Abu Samo, like, um, you know, Draven Woods, who was a, a terror on the defensive line last year, you know, more than 20 tackles for loss. So, um, you know, I, I think they've kind of reached that point as, as a program where, um, you know, they've really built this thing up, and, and you know, they're not going to uh, reset uh, or rebuild. They're going to reload, and, um, you know, we'll find out as the season goes kind of who those next star players are. But, um, you know, they, they did lose quite a bit of, of talent at the important positions, like quarterback, like, you know, free safety. Xavier Wampa played in that position for four four years, right? So that's, you know, that's, that's a lot of experience that's gone now. Who's going to step up in his place? It'll be interesting to see. I really like where the Rams are at as a program. I still think they're going to be one of 5A's best teams. But, um, you know, we'll see where they're at in the pecking order as the season unfolds. So it feels like, at least on the surface, most everybody has Dowling, Southeast, Polk, and Ankeny kind of is the top three. We talked about Valley. That next tier is is it maybe Centennial? Is it Waukee Northwest? Urbandale, I know, has had a little bit of buzz. Out of that next group, who would be maybe a surprise team, if you will, if you move past those top four teams here locally? 
Yeah, I think uh, you probably nailed it right there. You start with Ankeny, Dowling, Southeast Polk, um, you know, and then if we're we're talking locally specifically, I think the next tiers vary specifically Valley and Urbandale. Valley just because they they have that pedigree, they've they've given us no reason to think that they aren't one of the top teams in the state. Urbandale has a lot of really really nice pieces this year. I'm actually very intrigued to kind of see what they do. Um, you know, that they've got the quarterback, Peyton Roddinghouse, who has been, you know, this is going to be his third year as a starter. He's very efficient, strong arm. They've got Kai Black, star receiver, going to Iowa State. They've got Benjamin Booth at running back, who, um, very productive player, a lot of returning experience on the offensive line. And then you got Cole Garwood, who's going to be anchoring that defense that, um, has been very, very good, good. in the last few years. Um, so they've got a lot of really nice pieces, a lot of really, really talented players with a lot of high-level Class 5A experience. Um, and here's another fun fact about Urbandale. They are actually the smallest school by enrollment in Class 5A <laughs> this year. Is that right? So, wow. Um, they're right there on the border. it um, be kind of interesting to see where they end up going in the future. But, um, you know, small school, at least by Class 5A standards, but very, very uh, experienced talented group. I think that's a team that could potentially make some noise this season. I've always had a soft spot for the city schools, Cody. Uh, give us uh, one, a thought or two on uh, on a couple of the of the city schools. We know that Hoover's going to play football, which in itself is a victory to me regardless of what their season ends up being. Just the fact that there's going to be some uh, you know, some young men that get an opportunity to play high school football. I think that's terrific. Hats off to them for that. Uh, how about a thought or two on some of the city schools? Yeah, I like uh, I like what Roosevelt's got going on. They seem to have, you know, they've been cycling through a handful of different coaches over the last five years, but they seem to have done a really good job of just continuing to develop the football culture. And they're starting to get, you know, we know we we know that Roosevelt's always had a ton of athletes, right? It's it, you know them and Lincoln are kind of the two biggest um, Des Moines city schools, um, but you, they seem to have done a good job of just fostering a football culture and, and making that sport kind of a priority when it comes to all the athletes in the building. Um, you know, they're going to have some dudes this year. It's going to be fun. I know, I know they lost Jamison Patton. He, he decided to transfer to Ankeny for his senior season to play with JJ Cole in the gang, but, um, Roosevelt's going to be a fun team to watch. Lincoln, as always, is going to be a, you know, a hard nosed team that we're going to, um, always keep an eye on. Going to be interesting to kind of see who takes the reins at running back for them now that Josh Jenkins is, is up and gone. And then you know Des Moines East is always going to play hard-nosed football. And, um, you know, you mentioned Hoover playing. Um, Des Moines North kind of the last team. They've, they've, got a, they've got a few players on that team. I know they uh, they took a tough loss in their week zero opener against Dallas Center Grimes. But, um, you know, David Calker's a guy who's, you know, he's going to go play football at Iowa next year. Um, you know, he's a senior and, and one of a handful of playmakers for that Des Moines North football team. I don't know. Um, you know, if they'll be able to kind of learn from that week zero game and, and slowly progress as the season unfolds. But there's a lot to like about the city school teams this year. They may not be at that top tier of, of class, uh, you know, 5A and in the case of Hoover, class 4A. But, um, you know, there's always players to watch from the city schools, and it's always exciting to kind of see them find a little bit of success as the fall season unfolds. Last year, we saw the reemergence of Iowa City, City High with Mitch Moore, former Roosevelt coach over there. And uh, we'll let you go with this. A, a combining of your two worlds, high school football and wrestling, Ben Keeter. What he did this summer, becoming a world champion, and he's really going to try to do both, play football and wrestle at Iowa. Yeah, and I think uh, and he spent a lot of this summer and this offseason kind of getting a small taste of what, uh, what that life is going to be like, right? Because he... 
Um, you know, I think I, he, a lot of people I don't think really fully understand that he really only wrestled in a part-time capacity this summer. You know, he, he obviously trained really hard, and he went to a handful of different camps. But, you know, when he was in Iowa City, he was playing baseball. Um, he was doing a lot of off-season football work to get ready for this season. Um, in addition to, you know, wrestling workouts here and there in the morning or in the afternoon, whatever his schedule kind of allowed, I mean, he was really being pulled in three and four different directions over the course of the summer months. Um, you know, and that's kind of what life is going to be like when he, you know, becomes a Division One athlete, you know, and that's only speaking for maybe one sport, right? You know, I, football takes a, it's a very demanding commitment at the Division One level and especially at a program like Iowa. And, um, you know, wrestling for the Hawkeyes is the exact same thing. You know, he's going to have Kirk Ferentz and Tom Brands in, in both years, I would imagine. And, um, you know, he's, he's never thought anything different, right? Like the plan has always been to play both sports until that is no longer the plan. And, um, you know, so far as I know, it, it, that's, you know, that's what he plans on doing. And if anybody can do it, um, you know, if anybody's got kind of the, you know, the, the, the ability to do it, it would be an athlete like Ben Keeter, who has clearly proven to be world-class and, and, you know, could potentially uh, reach new heights when it comes to football recruiting this fall as well. So um, going to be an interesting ride for sure. And I think a lot of people are really interested to kind of see what it looks like. Cody Goodwin, Des Moines Register. Cody, thank you for doing this, giving us a little preview. We'll impose on you a time or two during the uh, uh, regular season. Cody, thank you. Looking forward to it, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Des Moines Register, Cody Goodwin, uh, Southeast Polk Dowling and Valley Stadium. That's a pretty big, that's a lid lifter. Yes, it is. Right. Hey, real quick, before we go to break, mm-hmm. um, Jerry Pizzetti. Yes. I hope he coaches forever. He has been. Yes. He's been coaching for over 60 years. Mm-hmm. Um, Had that big upset last year against Ankeny. That was awesome. Yeah. And I'm not rooting against Ankeny, just <laughs> sure. the fact that he was able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, for the, Was that the record breaker or tire? Tire? I want. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, big win. Is is this it? <laughs> we ask this question every I, year. Who knows, right? He just he still loves doing He's it. He's on the sidelines with his son, Ryan, which yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. And, the, and Ryan's a great person. Jerry's they're family friends. Um, I hope he coaches forever. But And as co-coaches, they both get credit for the wins. Absolutely. I think it's great. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Uh, heavy hearts and Chiefs kingdoms. Len Dawson passed away. Mitch Holtis joins us next. Miller & Con, the Des Moines Sports Station. 106 Meadows. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Papa John sponsors uh, this segment each and every day. Well, at least through the end of this week, Mitch has been with us every day during the month of August. He'll be with us weekly uh, during the regular season. Uh, heavy hearts in Chiefs Kingdom here today with the passing uh, of an icon, Len Dawson. And Mitch joins us. Mitch, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Uh, what an impact he, he made. Um, and I'm assuming heavy hearts throughout the kingdom this morning. Yeah, very heavy hearts, and it gets uh, close to home. As a little kid uh, growing up on the farm on the Kansas-Nebraska border, I would watch the uh, those old AFL games on NBC. I'm eight years old. I'd watch for half, and then I'd go outside, take my radio, listen to the rest of the game, but I'd put on my stenciled 16 jersey my mom mm-hmm. made for me, and that would be Len Dawson. I could take you to that farm right now and show you where Municipal Stadium was, oh my. Oakland, <laughs> Shea Stadium, Denver. Uh, and then 29 years later, I would be side-by-side side with my boyhood hero for 24 years doing the broadcast of those same Chiefs games. Uh, he was an amazing man for many, many reasons. I would say he's the, 
you know, remarkably, he's the seventh son of a seventh son, but he was special for a lot more reasons. Yeah, this this been a rough morning. I don't mind telling you guys. And definitely tell, and, and heavy hearts everywhere. So take us in. We knew him as a football player. We knew him as a broadcaster. What else should we know about Len Dawson? His ability to uh, embrace and make you feel like a teammate or a friend, it was a gift. There's just a few people that I can think about that are that way. Charlie Spooner was that way that I worked with for years and years on those Valley yeah. games. Yep. He was a great friend. But Lenny would make you feel like a teammate. All of a sudden, you were Gloucester Richardson or Nolan Smith or mm. Otis Taylor in that huddle or conversation. And just a, a unique man in that regard where it went beyond football with him. And then also to have the ability to take something difficult. Football is difficult to explain it and to do it in such an articulate manner was a gift. I mean, he's only one of three players, Trent, three players, three people in the Pro Football Hall of Fame for two reasons. One, as a player and as a broadcaster. Mm -hmm. He's in there for both. So, uh, just a, yes, the seventh son of a seventh son and a -a one-of-a-kind person. So, the Kansas City Star, this probably last week, um, one one of their talented writers did the Mount Rushmore and talked to the other three that they assume would be on it, right? They they talked with Patrick Mahomes, uh, and they talked with Tom Watson, and they spoke with George Brett, just their thoughts on, on Len Doss. Mm-hmm. It was a really well-written piece. A, I mean, I'll, I'll defer to you, but it sure seems like they got the Mount Rushmore right. But just these three uh, athletes who are as revered as you know any of them that have played in that area, uh, reading what they had to say about Len Dawson, it just speaks volume what kind of impact he had. If you, yeah, I mean, that's great greatness, talking about greatness. Right. Len would, would say the same thing about those guys. If you can find it on YouTube, we'll try to maybe reshare it but there was a set down I did in 2018 with Patrick Mahomes and with Len Dawson. And I basically just moderated it. I just started it and then got out of the way. <laughs> yeah. And these two phenomenal quarterbacks were sitting there watching video together, like breaking down plays. And I, I just, I was just looking back and forth, like, well, you know, I'm on some other plane or some other dimension. Uh, but it was greatness talking to greatness generations apart. In this instance, two generations apart. And because uh, Lenny could be his grandson or granddad. Uh, and yet the communication was there. You could sense uh, Patrick so nice as a human and Glenny so nice as a human that there was respect, one jealousy. And uh, you just watch Patrick, man. He's, he'll have Lenny Dawson shirts on the next several days. Yeah. Shoot, if they could let him wear 16 for a series on, <laughs> on uh, Thursday night, tomorrow night against the uh, Packers, he probably would. You know, nobody's worn that jersey since Lenny played. It's retired. But, uh, yeah, greatness talking about greatness. So, Inside the NFL, another big piece of mm-hmm. Len Dawson yeah. in his career. And uh, yeah. those were the ones that, that I first the remember. NFL. Trent, that, no, that changed the NFL. Yeah. That made the, that show made the NFL what kind of what it is today. It was the start of cable. We wouldn't get all the games. It's not like we had today. But that show took us to every team. And NFL Films was so good. that That was a very revolutionary show and underrated. So in Kansas City, we know how important he is just on the national landscape, but the importance of him, talking about a Mount Rushmore, Len Dawson certainly is in there for Kansas City athletes. But he touched so many lives in so many ways, Trent. Like, he, as a player, 
he would rush off the field and then rush down to KNBC so he didn't do the sports. <laughs> uh, so he, he was in your home every yeah. night. Or he would be at the fundraiser. Um, or he's doing the high school, you know, Hy-Vee team of the week. Uh, he just touched you in so many ways uh, and, uh, and, and was revered. And then also could be a beacon of hope or light or understanding when times were tough. When, I mean, there are a lot of tough years for the Chiefs, obviously 50 years between Super Bowl championships, but he would give some perspective. And it's just that everybody felt like they knew him. And he had so many people that would call him a friend. Uh, and that's just because that's the way he made them feel. Andy Reid is the same way. Mm-hmm. Charlie Spooner was the same way. Man, Charlie was my buddy. He was my friend. And hundreds of thousands think that. I mean, just because Lenny was part of their lives in one way, shape, or form. Very few humans that have ever walked the planet have had that kind of impact in any community and Lenny certainly had that in Kansas City and the Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, we got like a minute and a half left, and you, and you bring yeah. up you brought something up, Mitch. That uh, you know, back in when when he played, all, those, all these guys, regardless of a baseball player, football player, you had to have a job in the off season. And like you say, yeah. he's sports director at KNBC in Kansas City, which apparently he held until he retired in two thousand and nine. In addition to being the quarterback. Crazy, and he was just that talented. Though you know, we see so many guys that try it, Ken, and they're lousy at it. Most are. Very few can be that articulate. Gifford and Deardorff and him are the three that are in a Pro Football Hall of Fame Jeez. for both things. So, yeah, he was just multi-talented in that regard. Um, but again, he just brought you the sports. Like it was, he was coming into your home every night to fill you in on the Royals or college sports or K State or KU or Mizzou or Big A or whatever. I mean, it was, he was just there. And did it in such a great fashion. Uh, I just don't say it's just been a hard day, guys. Uh, I get it. Yeah. It's coming through in your voice. Mitch, we'll let you go. We'll speak yep. with you tomorrow, okay? Yep. Yeah, I'm just the Tom, so Tom and Matt Donaldson, there are people that you value in life that get it. Yeah, they sell pizza for Papa John's, but they're just incredible humans. You cling to those people. You make sure that you're surrounded by them because – it's really the essence of life. Lenny was that way for me. I, I'll miss him. Mm-hmm. Terribly, I'll miss him. You can tell. Mitch, have a great day. Thank you. Mitch Holtis, boy. Uh, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs at uh, the heart. Yes. With Mitch Holtis, little kid in the farm with the number 16 <laughs> stenciled on his jersey. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Hour two coming up next. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.